So just setting, you know, a reasonable limit of, you know, you know, four to five serves a day, which is tons, which is plenty. You, know, you can yeah, have a you know, couple of glasses of soy milk, uh, you know, a couple of servings of tofu. It's more than it's enough that any um, person would normally consume. So there's yeah. no there's no uh, worries there. But you know, if you for some reason did some strange soy experiment where you ate nothing but you know the soy four challenge. liters four liters of soy milk and yeah, you know, yeah. like two kilos of or five pounds of tofu a day, uh, you know, potentially there might be. Potentially, there might be some effects. Well, well, so let's bring up that one case that people love to throw out there. Guys, that is Jacob McGuinness, also known as the Plant Potential. We had a flipping good discussion. I absolutely loved our chat when I was over in Melbourne. Jacob has become a very good friend over the years, and he has got a lot of insight on what you need to include into your diet as a vegan if you're plant-based, if you're plant-curious, if you're someone who's transitioning, he's a plant-based dietitian and we cover a lot of detail in regards to micronutrients that you need, vitamins, minerals, we cover soy, uh, we cover how to ensure that you maintain strength and energy on a plant-based diet. Of course, we dive into Jacob's journey into a plant-based diet and I know you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation. So please share this around. This will be the perfect episode if you have a friend or family member who's maybe skeptical or yourself who wants to know some more details about how to optimize your diet for health. Just quickly, if you're not already, please jump on our website, veganbody.coach. Jump onto our newsletter list. Um, Not that I'll be putting out newsletters, but I guess it's just call it that. Um, Won't be spamming you. This will just be, hey, quick emails just to let you know what's going on when things are releasing and when I eventually launched the full coaching project. So sit back, relax, and listen to a fantastic episode with Jacob McGinnis. You are listening to the Vegan Body Coach Podcast, all about optimizing your strength, fitness, and physique through a plant-focused diet. My name is Jackson Burton, and I'm a nutrition and training coach for vegans, the plant-centric, and plant curious. I'm sitting down with athletes, experts, and influencers around the world to inspire you to create your best vegan body yet. Jacob, my man, welcome to the Vegan Body Coach Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It's a privilege. Yeah, man, it's been a long time coming. Yep. I'm excited to have a good chat with you today. Yep. And um, I think we initially met at UEBC yep. 2018. Yep. And um, it was quite funny because you, I think you found out I was vegan. Yeah, I heard or something. you say something about it, and I was like, "What the hell, man? Wait, there's a vegan here? That's my niche." <laughs> yeah, and and for the listeners, the UBC is the ultimate evidence-based conference, um, held in Melbourne each year by the JPS crew, where they get a whole bunch of, you know, top minds in the industry to come together and present. And myself and Jacob went along to the first year. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was pretty fun, and it was cool to have a, another vegan there. But I remember you saying to me specifically, like, "Get out of my niche, bro." Yeah. <laughs> It's only room for one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, so we sort of met then, and and then sort of been hanging out ever since, and sort of getting some training sessions in, yeah, and it's good, yeah. eating some good food. So it's um it's good to catch up and and have a little bit more of a deeper chat about some things that are going to help our listeners in relation to nutrition, and obviously you're a plant based dietitian. Yeah. So a little deeper dive into some of the um, nutrient stuff today will be awesome. Um. But one of the initial questions is, you know, what led you to become a, first of all, a, a plant-based uh, dietitian? Like, wh- where did you get to? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was already a dietitian. I'd been to uni um, to study nutrition and dietetics for four years and then graduated and uh, was kind of not really sure exactly where I wanted to go with 
with my career and where I wanted to work. I didn't really want to go down the standard route of working in a hospital or um, standard private practice. Um, and it was, a, you know, not till a few years after I graduated or a couple of years after I graduated that I really put in the work to start my own business. Um, and it was a similar time in my life where I had moved out of home and come to Melbourne, um, north side of Melbourne as well. It's quite a big sort of plant-based community here. And, you know, it was just engaging conversations with my friends. Uh, I think I ended up watching a, a documentary as um, as odd as that sounds, but that's what a lot of people do. Yep. It sort of helps them uh, see a different point of view. Um, but being, you know, quite a you know, scientific-based person and a um, critical thinker, you know, typically with documentaries, I'm quite skeptical. Um, but this was about, I think it was Cowspiracy or something, the first one I watched, or maybe before the flood. It was a, a just environmentally focused documentary. And um, in terms of environmental science, it's not really my forte. I'm a, a nutrition and health science person, um, by education, by background, but, you know, it, it just sort of talked about the uh, impacts of um, humans and our our inputs to, uh, you know, damaging the ozone layer and like, you know, damaging the environment in terms of our land use, CO2 emissions and um, about climate change and global warming and all these sorts of things. Uh, and the first time in my life I'd heard that, uh, you know, animal agriculture has an impact on that. And that's this, the main thing that sort of drove me to start being more conscious of my actions, uh, you know, considering that I was, you know, thinking I was more you know, environmentally aware or environmentally focused, I realized that, you know, what we eat and eat as a society is having a huge impact. So, that's what led me down that path. And then, you know, being in, involved in the nutrition space, I looked more into, you know, is it an adequate diet? Can you still, you know, be a, be involved in fitness, you know, be have muscle building goals and all that sort of thing? And, um, you know, will you still be able to get enough protein and all of these extra nutrients, B12, zinc, iron, all that sort of stuff? And I looked into it and, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are in that space and a lot of research and stuff in that area showing that it is, you know, not only a uh, adequate diet, but it's, you know, potentially, um, you know, a healthier alternative when it comes to certain chronic disease and stuff like that. So, uh, I guess that's a, the main thing was environmental and then, um, you know, just being in the space, I found my own sort of, um, you know, skill set and being able to communicate that nutrition information to people that they that they need. Yeah, for sure. So, you were, you were already... A dietitian at the time when you started making yeah. that change. Yeah. yeah. What year was this? Uh, two thousand and side of two thousand and eighteen. Okay, cool. So, years. so how did you find the doc? Like, how did you initially hear about anything to do with plant based? Um, one of my one of my friends was like, let's watch this documentary. Uh, a couple of my friends were already vegetarian. Um, and then we watched the documentary, and it was uh, you know Leonardo da Vin- Leonardo da Vinci, Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> um, who was who was talking about it. Right. And, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I, guess. I think that's the before the flood one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, but it's got it's got one section. It's kind of like um, focused on animal agriculture. Okay, and then I watched Cowspiracy as well. Right. I heard about that. Yeah, um, and then yeah, yeah, the, yeah. So it sort of sparked the interest. Sparked the interest, and I looked more into papers yeah. and stuff, and the you know the Eat Lancet and that sort of thing that is more of a scientific um, focused paper that discusses the same things, not so much a documentary. Okay, yeah. yeah. So so did you grow up with like a keen interest in environmental issues because obviously that was the thing that kind of that sparked yeah. the interest early on was i want to you know change for the environment not really um it was mainly i think when i went like um traveling and backpacking around the world and was you know doing all this hiking and things like that that sort of you know maybe grew an appreciation for the the world and the, the natural environment yeah. um you know i was never like you know super into that sort of stuff as a, as a kid um you know i was pretty oblivious to 
everything going on around me. I was just sort of living my own life and in like my own most lane. Kids, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you you mentioned before about the eat lancet and things like that. What 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 stemmed you to actually dive deeper into the the scientific perspective or the even as base perspective of this? Like most people might watch cowspiracy or whatever and be like, cool, I'll That's change enough. my diet, boom, don't need anything else. But you had obviously gone through university already. Yeah. So was it that that was like, oh, I need to look into this deeper because I've been taught a certain thing yeah. at university through yeah. dietetics? And I've always been uh, you know, a more skeptic and science-based person, especially in the nutrition space where there's a lot of uh, different sort of camps and fields that promote a certain one-sided message or, or more biased message. Um, you know, I guess I, I take that sort of mentality into to all aspects of, of life and of, of the world as being being skeptic and um, you know looking further into things and rather than taking them at face value and just listening to what uh, somebody says. So that's why I was like, you know, if I was going to talk about this sort of thing or, you know, um, you know, eat this certain way or I could start doing these certain things, I want to make sure that, um, you know, I'm doing it from a place where it makes actually makes sense and it actually has, you know, something backing behind it rather than just yeah. taking what a documentary says or what a certain person says and, and taking this fact. Yeah, it's an amazing perspective yeah. to have, especially early on. Did you, what, let's talk a little bit about the general nutritional approach that is sort of blanketly thrown out through the dietetics like degree. What are, what are some of the, the underpinning sort of foundations of what they, you know, are, are sort of promoting as a healthy um, diet for, for the general population? Yeah. So the, the dietitians, you know, across the world are the, I guess, the nutrition leaders in, when it comes to um, health and um, nutrition and being the being you know the most educated and the most qualified in that area um, they do they do promote um, you know healthy eating guidelines which are sort of national guidelines that are set by you know um, huge teams of researchers that do look into um, you know tens of thousands of papers they have 50 people working on different nutrients in different areas of health um, and you know it's 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 quite similar it is a more plant-based diet than than what the typical uh, person eats and you know being you know multiple servings of vegetables and fruits and, you know, including legumes and grains and all these sort of healthy whole food uh, plant-based items. But, um, you know, they're still, they still, you know, do, do include or promote, um, I guess, animal products as well in terms of um, they do, you know, in, in some diets, they can, you know, provide value for, um, for nutritional value for, you know, certain minerals and um, vitamins and things like that. Like, you know, uh, being, you know, dairy being a source of calcium and, um, meat being a source of, you know, iron and zinc and, yeah. and B12. But um, I guess there's a bit of a misconception where um, they say that, you know, people misconstrue that as you need those things to get right. those nutrients, which is just not the case. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So, you've obviously dived far deeper into how you can, you know, get those nutrients now as a plant-based dietitian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're not only working with only plant-based people though, are you? You're no, working with, no. you know, a wide variety of people. Yeah. So is it sort of a, a general rule of thumb for you to, when you're working with someone who's not plant-based or wanting to transition, that you're trying to include as much plants as possible in your advice for them? Um, sort of. It's very it's very specific. You know, when when you depends on the areas you work. You know, I work in um, some more you know rural areas with a different sort of socioeconomic um, class, different levels of education around nutrition and, um, you know, sometimes it's literally just working on very simple steps to, to get these people eating a, you know, a healthier diet. It's generally, you know, generally it's going to be lacking in plants um, and that'll be the and the main thing but, you know, there's people that are, um, that you're working with that are sort of a long way away from 
you know, going going fully plant-based or even getting towards a point of a, a more healthy eating um, pattern. So, you know, you take um, sort of small steps at a time. You might be increasing vegetable consumption, uh, decreasing processed food consumption, that sort of thing. It's normally yeah. just trying to th- find things that work very simply for an individual um, because, you know, when you start working in the field and um, working with real people, you realize there's, there's only so much you can achieve with, uh, you know, consultations and, and changing these people's lives who have, you know, developed habits over decades you know you can't blink you know can't flip the switch in in most of these people yeah that's right that's the that's the whole trick of of doing our kind of line of work is you know trying to to push through habits and uh you know things that people have just been ingrained in their lives over you know you know decades pretty much right yeah yeah. um so it's you know it's trying to find the i guess the the low-hanging fruit and try to try to help them where you can and the yeah. You know, some of that stuff's the, just the easy, simple stuff. Um, but I know you do a lot of online consultations for specifically just plant-based people, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so now that you've been doing that for a little while now, you've been in the game a little while, have you, you know, what are some of the, the biggest sort of maybe myths and misconceptions that you've found in relation to either transitioning to a plant-based diet or people that have been on a plant-based diet and they're confused about certain things? Yeah, yeah. So this what are the misconceptions of people who are eating plant-based yeah 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 yeah. i think um there's a lot of sort of uh, conflicting information uh online and in in the in the space where uh, people are unsure of of which things they need to pay attention to and um you know some people will almost be become defensive of 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 veganism or eating plant-based um when you when you mention supplementation or eating specific foods you know they'll, they'll you know they'll say that that's kind of attacking the diet. But, you know, there are certain nutrients that you do have to pay a bit more attention to. Um, you know, B12 supplementation is a big one. Some people, um, you know, use a lot of people that whenever you talk about B12 on the online space, people will say, you know, you don't need a supplement. Um, you know, the body's stores will last, you know, um, you can get it from certain plant foods. Uh, and, you know, the, the science to date shows that, you know, there are no there are no plant foods that, that contain enough B12 or enough, um, you know, active B12 to to keep your stores up to date um so you know you need to be including a supplement or four to five foods um you know and you might not necessarily run into problems in the first six months two years three years but you know it could be 10 years down the track uh we encounter some you know, pretty serious consequences if you don't yeah. have adequate um, b12 in your diet uh and then there's just a couple of things um that sort of uh you know are probably worth paying attention to when it comes to omega-3s uh, calcium and you know potentially iron and zinc depending on the person if they're if they're you know prone to having low iron then it's something they should pay a bit more attention to but it's not they're not all um you know vegan specific or plant-based specific issues you know if anybody's not including adequate sources of certain nutrients then they need to they need to you know adapt their diet and change their dietary patterns to to include those nutrients um so i guess those are the the main things and a lot of these people a lot of people you know the general population aren't aware of what nutrients are or they don't know what micronutrients are right they don't know what omega-3s are they don't know what calcium is um iron or zinc i'm sure a lot of your listeners will probably know those things if they're a bit more interested in nutrition but um you know a lot of the time when i'm working with people um that want a bit bit more education it's sort of sometimes introducing those concepts to them and just making sure they're including sources of those those nutrients you know plant-based sources are, are available but you still have to include them right yeah i think sometimes especially with like things like Instagram and, and, and pages like yours and others that are, you know, specifically all about plant-based nutrition, um, you, you can get very deep into into the woods with picking apart certain nutrients, micronutrients, minerals, vitamins, and, and you know, ensuring that we all have this, 
you know, well-rounded balanced diet and we're getting yeah. all these different things and we're trying to break it down to like the, the most minute level. Sometimes I feel like it's, it's really overkill and I don't yeah. know if you feel yeah. the same, but it's, it's a case of, okay, look, there's some foundations of a healthy plant-based diet that are going to ensure you have, you know, increased long. Of the yeah, yeah. Teeth, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and then when we're trying to dive so deep into these minute little things around micronutrients and things like that, I think sometimes it probably does just confuse people and, yeah. and maybe make it too much of a science that it's like, oh, it's just too hard. Like I'll yeah. just go back to eating dairy and meat where I know I'm getting, I know what I'm getting because it's yeah. things we've it's, already it's, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's their safety, right? Um, do you find that's the case? And what do you think, I guess, maybe are the pillars of a healthy plant-based diet that are going to ensure that, you know, most of your, most of your bases are covered? I think it's just, I guess having a you know adequate variety and you know quantity of of plant-based food in your diet um that's and that's the the main thing is just not restricting the plant-based diet uh any further than it should be you know you should be eating all the different sorts of plant-based foods legumes grains um fruits vegetables nuts uh seeds even um but as long as you are including those and you sort of putting putting a bit of thought into how to how do you structure a meal you know you include a plant protein include a uh, you know good source of grains or carbohydrates and you include a variety of vegetables um, then you're probably going to be ticking 99 percent of those boxes um, you know when and when it comes to uh, you know the minutia of you know is this certain nutrient going to be at risk uh, that that I guess is a is a small issue that you can sort of deal with after you've built that healthy foundation um, so yeah most of the time when I work with people that are you know, first, first getting involved in it. I keep it very simple. We don't, you know, sometimes I mentioned, you know, to take a B12 supplement um, and then you sort of try to build some like healthier habits and get a bit more of a um, an idea of what goes into a meal and how to eat in a way that's going to include a lot of those different plant-based foods. Yeah. yeah. I think even I actually had a read through one of your guys' eBooks. Um, I can't remember which one it was called. It was, it was the one around health anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I quite like the plate model. You guys describe in the book which is essentially saying what you just said it's like okay you choose a, a plant-based protein yep. you know and you build your meal around that you know you're including um you know tons of different variety of whether it's uh, green veggies or whether it's starchy veggies or um adding some seeds or adding some nuts you know having a bit of um, healthy plant-based fats in there but you've got this plant-based uh you've got this plate model in front of you that you build every meal around and if you you know if you do that consistently long term, you're going to get most of what you need from it. But I think one of the biggest problems people have is when they decide to transition and they don't know a lot about nutrition. They've come from a, a diet where every meal is focused on a protein source, so most meals are built around the meat. Yeah, they take that away, and suddenly they're eating a meal that's almost void of protein, but not void of protein only, but void of the other nutrients you're going to get with a plant based protein source, like your yeah, iron yeah. and your calcium and things like that. And they end up just having like a, a salad with, you know, like, a, I don't know, nothing in it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas I like to really promote, hey, look, let's still build a plate around a protein source. And, and it's going to be a plant. It's going to be tofu, tempeh. It's going to be chickpeas. It's going to be whatever, right? Yeah. Um, but I think that's a that's a big lacking point, you know. But yeah. the, the plant base, oh, sorry, the, the plate model works really well. Yeah. And that's what you see with, you know, in, in practice, you see people that have... Um, you know, especially people that are maybe teenagers or still living at home where their parents are cooking meals for them. They might be, in, especially in Australia, like meat and three veg is a pretty uh, common way of people 
setting up a meal uh, and then when you know a child or a younger person goes uh, plant-based or vegetarian or vegan um, their parents will sort of just take away the take away the steak and be left with just the vegetables and you know that happens sometimes you know some people will have um, you know who have a bit more uh, know-how will, will replace that that protein um, but other people will just be left eating like you said just the salad or just the vegetables and you know there's a lot of nutrients that you sort of uh, need to replace that were coming from those animal sources. So, let's do a quick recap on sort of maybe like the top five nutrients that people probably need to optimize if they're going to transition or they are currently plant-based anyway, but they want to make sure that their training doesn't take a hit and their energy okay, doesn't yeah, take a hit, yeah. right? So, they want to make sure that they're getting enough to recover and train well, perform well and still have energy to do, you know, because often the, you know, people throw out, oh, you go vegan, you're going to lose your energy, right? You, you know, yeah, you'll, yeah. you'll tank, you'll be, you know, because your proteins, you know, your meat's where you get your energy. Yeah. Um, so maybe like, you know, some of the top five nutrients that people need to just, you know, implement in their diet to ensure that they're still able to maintain those those high energy levels. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if, you're, if you're an athlete, um, I guess, you know, replacing protein and when it comes to, if you are already an athlete or um, someone who engages in you know weight training, um, replacing um, those sources of protein with with uh, suitable replacements. So protein would be one. Um, creatine is is useful. Um, I don't think it's essential when it comes to you know health or even you know making gains, but there's definitely enough science to show that it's um, beneficial. Uh, and then just you know like you said, like a total amount of calories and energy, um, especially if people go for like you know a strict sort of whole foods plant based diet, they may not be aware that they're eating far less uh, calories than they were eating before. Um, so making sure that they're including you know carbohydrates and and you know healthy fats just to make sure they're getting in their energy needs. Um, so you know they might seem pretty simple, but you know make sure you're hitting those big three nutrients, proteins, carbs, and fats, um, because if you you know you're under eating energy, you you're going to be feeling it. Yeah. Before, before um, sooner or later, uh, then I guess um, you know for performance, just just uh, you know, there's only other so much more you need to focus on. Um, with probably creatine, potentially um, depending on the type of athlete you are, you might need to pay a bit more attention to iron if you're like more of an endurance athlete. Okay. But that would probably be it from an athletic point of view. As, as long as you know you're following a pretty um, you know good variety and uh, quantities of certain foods in your diet. And you're meeting your energy needs, yeah. And you're yeah. definitely and you're paying a bit more attention to protein, uh, maybe including a you know a protein shake or um, you're focusing more like tofu, tempeh, and those higher protein sorts of uh, plant foods. Then you you're probably going to be getting more than enough. Mm. Yeah. I feel like iron is one of those ones that a lot of, especially women, worry about yeah. when they yeah. you know decide to eat only plants. Like where am I getting iron? I'm already, I've already got iron. Uh, I've already got low iron. I've been tested for it. Things like that. Do you recommend they just take a supplement or are there specific foods that you would bring up and say, hey, look, these are the foods you need to be included every day? Yeah, yeah. So uh, normally supplementations have their, have their value because it's definitely the, the fastest way to correct low iron stores. Um, you know, obviously you can, you know, supplement higher doses of iron and it, your body's going to, uh, you know, take that in and replenish those depleted stores. So that's normally the first point of call if somebody has an iron deficiency or uh, are, on the, are on the low side. Um, but... Uh, when it comes to food, you know you have to make sure that they're including iron-rich food, so it doesn't they don't just run into problems again. Um, and you know we do normally talk about it's more you know making sure they're having adequate uh, servings of legumes and grains, uh, and then you know a couple of things if they're if they're running into issues with iron, you might look at uh, things that can sort of boost the absorption of iron or reduce the um, 
reduce the absorption of iron and making sure you're sort of mitigating those those things so that's that's adding vitamin c to a to a iron rich meal will improve the absorption um and then avoiding uh calcium with with iron rich meals and avoiding like tea and coffee because of the the tannins in those things it's not the caffeine it's the the tannins in those that sort of bind with the iron and stop it from being absorbed so yeah those are things that you go through with people and and sometimes it's a matter of um you know, making sure they're choosing iron fortified products. So, you know, even things like wheat bix, I don't know what you call them in, yeah, in yeah, New Zealand. Yeah, right. yeah, wheat bix, um, they're actually pretty high in iron. Uh, and then, you know, maybe choosing a certain bread that's uh, more iron fortified than others uh, just to help them, you know, increase their iron intake through simple, simple means without, you know, having yeah. to change their dietary patterns. Yeah. Uh, a lot. Yeah. Those are some really good ones. It's, yeah, it's including the vitamin C at meals. So, vitamin C can be, you know, citrus fruits, but it could yeah. be, you know, bell peppers and things like that. Are, you know, good Capsicum. vitamin C. Yeah. Capsicum. Exactly. Do you call them bell peppers? No, I don't, but <laughs> Americans do. So, <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep it a little more generic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's a really good point. And then the tannins and the coffee and the, um, tea i think the recommendation is, is only trying to we're trying to consume those outside of an hour either side yeah, of that meal yeah, right yeah. so if you're having a meal that's high in iron if you want to maximize the absorption and not limit the absorption reducing tea and coffee to to maybe an hour after the meal yeah 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 and i don't normally like you know it's not it's not like you know if you're going out for brunch on a weekend you're gonna have a coffee with your meal it's yeah it's a one or two meals yeah, a week it. it's fine like totally. whatever you know you're getting a lot of iron you know you're eating what 21 meals a week or whatever yeah you know yeah. 90 of those are you're you know not drinking coffee with every breakfast or having a tea with every meal you, you know you're going to be fine yeah cool all right let's put this together and do you want to run through just a quick sample day of eating right so like someone who wants to meet all their targets and we know that variety across the week is super important but within like one day what would be some sort of generic meals yeah. that someone could yeah. include uh a typical day um you know for breakfast we'll start with that first meal yep. of the day uh yep. Try to include some grains, uh, so it could be you know cereal, a good whole grain cereal. Could be oats. Could be uh, making a smoothie with some oats in there as well. Um, making sure that you're having you know those, those whole grains, which are going to provide lots of iron, uh, also a bit of protein and other uh, micronutrients. And then uh, I think it's pretty important to include a calcium fortified plant milk. So it could be soy milk, could be almond milk. Just make sure it's calcium fortified because you're going to get a you know good portion of your daily serving of, of calcium. Uh, and then uh, maybe including some fruit or or vegetables, depending on if you're going for a cereal or if you're going to go for a more savory breakfast. Yeah. Um, but including you know just some berries or uh, half a banana or a piece of fruit or whatever, just to sort of get some food in start of the day. Uh, and breakfast is also a time for people who are paying a bit more attention, where you can include maybe some flax or chia seeds um, for their omega three content. So that's pretty much pretty much all that I've sort of ticked the boxes for in breakfast. So grains, calcium fortified milk. Uh, some fruit or maybe some vegetables if you're going a savory route and then a uh, flax or chia seed. Yeah, perfect. Um, and, you know, if you want to make a savory breakfast, you could go for like a tofu scramble. Yeah. Because um, tofu as well is going to be providing a lot of calcium um, because tofu is normally made with the calcium salt. Um, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So, that's that's another route. Yeah. Tofu scramble, whole grain bread, um, maybe some, you know, tomatoes. Baby spinach, mushrooms, yeah. something in the in the in the yeah. pan with it. So that's a good like savory option, and then you've got, you know, maybe the more um, grain based option with like say oats with the the chia and the flaxseed and, yeah. and some blueberries, and you're gonna get you know you cover most of your bases there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Uh, and then for lunch and dinner, just follow a similar sort of structure that we we're talking about before the, the plate model. So pick a um, pick a plant based protein, could be tofu, tempeh. Um, chickpeas lentils any kind of legume uh sort of make that you know a staple in every and every lunch and dinner um you know not just for the protein but 
you know, they contain a lot of those those uh, minerals and vitamins as well. So, uh, including those, so that's going to be one quarter of the plate. Uh, and then you're going to be including, uh, you know, type of carbohydrate. Could be grains again. Could be starchy vegetables like potato or sweet potato. Um, could be, you know, a grain like rice or pasta or, you know, if you're going to get fancy with like some frico or, you know, barley or whatever, oh. you know, whatever, you, whatever, you, whatever tickles your fancy. <laughs> uh, and then just try to include a variety, uh, you know, a few different vegetables in there. So, it could be two or three different vegetables, you know, as many as you want, making a, either salad or some stir-fried vegetables. Or if you're going to make a, a pasta dish or a rice dish, just include, um, you know, Try to make, you know, a good portion of that meal coming from vegetables. Um, and then, you know, you could also add some some healthy fats with an avocado or nuts or seeds or um, whatever, you know, something like that if you want. Yep. Um, but, you know, as long as you're taking that protein, uh, grains or starchy veg, and then a variety of veg, that's the main things that you want to you structure. Um, and then same, so same goes with dinner. Uh, and then when it comes to having some snacks, you know, try to, try to make most of your snacks uh, something nutritious. You know, you're better off getting something that's coming from, you know, a, a, a whole plant food, like, you know, some some veggie sticks and hummus or some, um, you know, whole grain crackers and hummus or maybe some fruits, nuts, seeds, like a trail mix type of thing. Um, try to make those sort of most of your, your meals so you're getting, you know, some more nutrition there rather than just getting some empty calories from, um, you know, more processed foods yeah. um, like, you know, whatever. Donuts, biscuits, yeah, yeah. cookies, you know. <laughs> the good stuff. They're fine to include, but if, you know, if that's the majority of your snacks, yeah. you're going to be missing out on nutrients. Yeah, um, you shouldn't be having overeating a donut for every snack that you have, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. 80-20 rule, you know. That's right. 80% of the time, just, just you know, eat healthy, whole food, uh, nutritious foods. Uh, and 20% of the time, eat whatever the hell you want. That's right. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much the main things. Yeah. Breakfast, following that structure lunch following the similar structure and then trying to have most of your snacks around based around you yeah. know, healthy nutritious foods yeah cool yeah. yeah it's 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 relatively simple but it's just having a little bit more knowledge about certain yeah. things to include to help you know hit certain nutrient targets like your you know your flaxseed and your chia and you know your fortified milks and um and then ensuring variety and vegetables is super yeah. important as yeah. well um so yeah no nice nice sort of simple layout there for a sample day of eating yeah do you yeah. eat like that yourself yeah, most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, sometimes breakfast is just a couple of wheat bix, soy milk and a banana. Yeah. Um, yeah sometimes I actually haven't had wheat bix in ages, but it's actually... Uh, we can make some after this. <laughs> Yo, yeah, let's, have a, let's do a uh, wheat bix challenge. Are you still doing food challenges? Oh, no, I've, I've only done the two. The oh, potato eating challenge and the orange, orange eating and challenge. And orange, which yeah. was worse. Potato. Really? Yeah. <laughs> definitely yeah. Because we, we set an hour time limit for the eating challenge, which is too long to be eating as much as you can. Yes. And with the oranges, we just did 15 minutes. So okay. Yeah. And potato is the number one most satiating Station. food in the world. So, <laughs> yeah. You would have been rather full. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 It was just like it couldn't eat more. Yeah. It just couldn't. I feel like a wheat bix eating challenge would be also very difficult just because of the like you're stacking in so much fiber you're stacking in so much like complex carbohydrates yeah. and it would just get so dry and and you know you'd, you'd have to add so much milk you know <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be epic uh we actually like growing up in in new zealand it was always like i don't know if you had this in australia as well but it was always like the um the kiwi kids wheat bix kids stuff and there'd be like that it'd be like this advert around how many can you do yeah we had that as well yeah. you had that and yeah. it was always like new zealand rugby players and stuff yeah, we had and it was Australian like, cricket players <laughs> yeah okay yeah. they just rolled that out across each nation yeah um but it was like yeah how many can you do and then you go to school and like you know compete with your friends on how many yeah. wheat books you have do you remember how many you ever did i don't know it's probably like eight i think yeah i think I, eight or something was, yeah it was one, of my, okay. one of my housemates one of my friends has done like 15 before wow which is pretty impressive i could i could, I could crush it now 
yeah. to be honest. Like, I might right go now. home and buy a big box of wheat. Is the end of this go podcast going to feature a <laughs> <laughs> DVD? Just the, yeah. Um, just all I've seen people on YouTube have a whole box. Oh, yeah? It's pretty insane, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Epic. Hungry Hado. They're actually not bad to add to smoothies as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah, good, I used yeah. to do yeah. that years ago. Just add a couple of wheat bix to a smoothie. Um, adds a lot of fiber. Adds a lot of good carbohydrates. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, there's iron. It's iron and protein and yeah. 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 Nutritious whole grain. There you go. Yeah, 98% you go. whole grain or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. Americans need to get on the wheat bix, right? They get so weirded out by them. I think I've seen Kevin Hart pull out a wheat bix <laughs> and be like, "What the hell is it?" <laughs> yeah, I think I think even like a brick. I think Justin Bieber did the same thing too when he came to yeah. New Zealand. They like got him on some show, and they were like showing him a wheat bix. Yeah. He's like, "In that, like, you, need, you need to get a producer like Joe Rogan so he can bring out these clips during the uh, podcast." Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah, we'll grab the the Justin Bieber on the wall <laughs> eating a wheat bix. All right, cool. Let's 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 move on to the next point. This one's kind of important. I wanna I wanna bring this up and I wanna go into it a little a little more deeply than most people do. And uh, you did a really good video on your Instagram and your YouTube a little while ago, um, all in relation to soy. Yeah, yeah. And as a fellow soy boy, we like to eat a little bit of soy, right? And a little bit, a lot of a, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, I I'm all for soy products, tofu, yeah. tempeh, soy milk. Um, some of the soy-based uh, fake meats, edamame, meats. edamame. Oh, edamame! Can't yeah. forget the edamame. I love it. So, you know, and and for me, it's a great way to get protein. There's a bunch of other nutrients that are involved in that, but there's still these huge myths and you know, massive amount of like sort of old wives' tales around soy giving your man boobs, soy changing yeah. your hormones. I even, you know, this was even brought up to me um, by my own mum telling me yeah. to stop eating so much soy um and and you know and it's just passed down like her her grandfather was against soy and you know it's just been passed down from generation to generation whether it's you know whether it's from um you know marketing or whatever has been going around about soy right um but let's dive into that and let's sort of dispel some myths around that man like does soy affect hormones uh no <laughs> Done. No, All right, let's move yeah. on. Um, well, it's it's really strange because you know when when you know looking more into the science of things, I tried to find where these sorts of things came from. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how they're so widespread. These sort of uh, misconceptions around soy because there's no there's there's no studies to show any of these effects. Um, and it's just I don't know how they got you know put forth throughout. You know, everyone seems to have an opinion about soy. Um, you know, most people thinking it's uh, harmful or um, you know estrogenic or like you know you're gonna give you uh, you know feminizing effects uh, but then when you look into the science um soy has been studied pr- pretty extensively and you know you can you can um you know we can link an article or whatever but there's a pretty comprehensive uh, review that looks at um soy's effects on health and and how it how it impacts you know health outcomes in terms of you know risk of certain diseases and things like that uh, and they've included all of the studies that they've done uh, looking at soy intake and its effect on hormones uh and you know every study done to date has shown that it has no impact on testosterone and that is because the the they're called phytoestrogens in uh, in soy and they're in, also in lots of other foods as well it's not just soy okay. soy, partic- yep. soy particularly um has you know the highest compared to other foods um but they're just they're just molecules that sort of uh rep- like replicate they look similar have a similar molecular structure to estrogen right you know, there's a few different things um a few different uh, aspects of the molecule that are different uh, and if you know anything about chemistry, you, you know, you know, it only takes one extra, um, you know, one extra different element or atom in a in a in a molecule to completely change out 
effect in the body and and soy does not impact um, you know phytoestrogens from soy uh, interact completely differently in the body when you compare them to you mm. know, mammalian estrogen. Right. Uh, they don't have the same effects. Um, they don't bind to the same estrogen receptors. Um, you know, if you want to get into the, the, the nitty-gritty uh, estrogen, there's two different receptors, you know, alpha and beta estrogen receptors. Right. Um, estrogen from, you know, the hormone estrogen, the, you know, the human hormone or animal hormone estrogen binds to both receptors. Okay. Um, but the different receptors have, you know, different effects. And when you look at phytoestrogens, they only bind to one of the receptors, and the the effects of binding to this other receptor are actually you know can be op- opposing to the effects of um, estrogen binding to both receptors. So that's why you see um, you know a lot of people with like certain cancers like breast cancer and um, ovarian cancer and things like that have been told to stay away from estrogen. But when you look at the um, studies, when you look at soy intake and compare it to uh, you know how rates of disease develop in people with with higher intakes of soy, it seems to have a protective effect. Mm. So soy actually has protective effects against you know. Uh, breast cancer, prostate cancer, uh, different types of cancer, uh, also type two diabetes and cardiovascular disease. So it seems to be, you know, improving health. Yeah. And when you look at it from just just the nutrition standpoint, in terms of the nutritional value, uh, super high in in protein, also you know zinc and iron and these, and these you know critical micronutrients that um, you typically people would also get from animal products. Mm. So it's a really good substitute for animal products. Um, and then you know when you look at uh, tofu itself, tofu is you know a block of you know, blended up soybeans pretty much. Um, you look at uh, how they make that, they actually add calcium. You know, just by chance, it happens to be another critical nutrient to, to be uh, paying attention to. So, tofu is, you know, tofu is king. <laughs> is, is all tofu not made all, with added not all, calcium? Not all, but I believe, you know, I think you know, it's most of the common brands within... Probably like the Western-made yeah, tofu yeah, yeah, is, definitely. but maybe not so much like, say, tofu made in somewhere in the back rural country of indonesia yeah yeah if they make okay. themselves but i think it is it's probably the most common yeah uh, if you know if uh, as, as i've looked in databases and seen that you know most of the brands we stock in australia um are made by the same <laughs> made by the same type of producers right, right okay uh, and they do use calcium salt so okay as long as you're buying it from you know woolworths or uh, aldi or whatever i don't know yep. what you got in new zealand yes yeah, same thing similar. Yeah, yeah yeah get it from those big stores and it's it's going to be yeah very nutritious so, uh, yeah. so you, in in a way, soy is almost like you could almost term it as a superfood, even though like you yeah, know, it's yeah, like if you want to use that term, it's yeah. got some wondrous benefits, right? Yeah. Like it's and there's very little downsides, if any. Um, I know I remember hearing like Doctor Michael Greger talk about soy, um, and he said he even limited it to like below five servings a day or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, do you think there's any case for actually limiting the amount per I think, day? I think limiting it from like a just a, a basis of getting variety in your diet mm. is pretty important. Um, and like the phytoestrogens in soy, they do they do act on estrogen receptors, so they do have an impact on our body. They don't act like estrogen, but they do have an impact on our body. So they can, um, you know, if you're getting super super high doses, like they do actually, um, you know, supplement phytoestrogens in certain, you know, for certain you know pharmaceutical benefits. So um, when you look at you know, super high doses of, and, um, you know, getting, you know, 20 serves of tofu or something a day or drinking five liters of soy milk, um, you know, potentially that could have some sort of impacts. Um, so, just setting, you know, a reasonable limit of, you know, you know, four to five serves a day, which is tons, which is plenty. You know, you can yeah, have a you know, couple of glasses of soy milk, uh, you know, a couple of servings of tofu. It's more than, it's enough that any um, person would normally consume. So, there's yeah. no, there's no uh, worries there. But, you know, if you, for some reason did some strange soy experiment where you ate nothing but you know 
the soy four challenge. Liters, four liters of soy milk and, yeah, and yeah. two kilos of or five pounds of tofu a day. Uh, you know, potentially there might be potentially there might be some effects. Well, well, so let's bring up that one case that people love to throw out there to yeah. combat the the claims that soy is healthy. Is that one sort of anecdotal experiment of the guy who was like sixty years old? Yeah, yeah. Consumed what three liters of soy a day? Yeah, yeah. And he developed. Mamboos. Yeah, developed mamboos, yeah. But he also had some other chronic health conditions as well that were probably at play. And that's yeah. exactly... It's, it's one person eating a, an absorbent amount you know, mm. above the... Mm. You know, what's... You know, three liters of soy milk is you know, pretty much the equivalent of 12 servings of soy. Right. Um, so, you know, that's a you know, substantial, you know, extreme case. Uh, and when you look at... You know, certain things can happen when you eat ridiculous amounts of any foods. So, have you ever heard of like hypercarotin... Uh, Carotenoids, you know the oh, carotene, beta carotene in right, carrots and right. orange vegetables. If you eat a you know a ridiculous amount of high um, beta carotene vegetables like sweet potato or um, carrots, you can actually develop like an orange pigment in your skin, right. and it could potentially have you know impacts on your health as well. So um, no need for Instagram filters. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get yeah, that orange, exactly. orange tan the, look. They're definitely the rage at the moment. Hey? It is yeah, orange filters and the um, yeah. You're guilty of it yourself. And I the, am. Uh, the spotted, the spotted uh, <laughs> yes. story filter. Re- retro cam. Yes, retro cam. <laughs> um, the other one's like coconut milk or something. <laughs> yeah, Everyone's yeah. going with this. Yeah. Yeah, it's good vibes. Um, okay. So, yeah. I mean, it, we can almost, I guess, throw that out. That sort of one case of the guy developing bamboos. Yeah. But yeah. I think that the big take home here is you've got to consume a variety of foods. You've got to have a, a, a well-balanced diet. If you're consuming more, like a huge amount of anything, there's maybe side effects. Like if you consume a kilo of broccoli, you're going to have some side effects in the bathroom, right? Yeah. There's, going to, there's going to be some issues with anything. You can get it into your body. It's right. so filling, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's 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 always, a I guess, a pro and a con to, to different foods and yeah. um, anything in isolation can be an issue, right? Um, but when it comes to soy, you know, I think including it is, is part of a, a well-rounded, healthy diet with a focus on protein, nutrient density is going to be an incredible food to implement. Yeah. Um, and just really quickly, so we can define a serving of soy, that would be, say, a, a cup, say 250 mils of soy milk yeah, yeah. as a serving yeah. or 100, say 100 grams of tofu. Yeah, maybe a bit more for tofu, 150 grams of 150 tofu, grams maybe 100 of grams of tempeh, yeah. 100 grams of, uh, 150 grams of edamame or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, try to... Yeah, get too specific but you know yeah you know, even thinking like you know 150 grams like a third of a block of tofu mm. um and a glass of soy milk and similar for any yeah. any soy containing food just limited to about 150 grams right yeah. yeah and i would say that i would probably consume on on most days probably three servings of tofu oh sorry of, of soy yeah and sometimes four to five servings if i'm having you know uh, a double tofu yeah if i'm having like two meals in a row that are both soy-based proteins usually i'll mix it up i'll have one meal that is a soy-based protein like tofu yeah. or tempeh and then the next meal might be a legume base yeah but then i'll have another meal that has 250 mils of, of soy milk in it so i'm usually getting two to four servings per day yeah. i would think yeah um and i've been doing that consistently for i guess two two yeah. plus years and how um, are the man boobs Mate, they, they are growing strong. <laughs> they look quite firm though. Yeah, they look very, quite firm. Firm man boots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we do a lot of work on those. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So I think we've sort of um, smashed that one on the head pretty well. Yeah. All right. So some some final, final points to bring up, bro. Um, 
let's talk a little bit more about you. Yeah. What are your plans for 2020? Uh, so 2020, um, I've, I was working as a personal trainer and a dietitian last year uh, and I've decided to put all of my efforts into, into working as a dietitian where I feel that is uh, you know, one of the most rewarding and uh, I enjoy it more in terms of the actual work-life balance of you know, being able to work in a clinic and you know, talk to people and help them with their nutrition. Um, so I've, you know, working more clinically in different, in different general practices and working, um, you know, with doctor, with patients referred from doctors, um, to help with their chronic diseases. And then also, you know, growing the plant potential and working with, um, a couple of other people in the, in this, in the online space. Um, I'm a part of a team called the vegan health hub. Um, we, you know, produce, you know, you know, nutrition balanced meal plans for a vegan diet uh, and also, you know, do like custom meal plans, uh, coaching and sort of group challenges, group fat loss challenges and that sort of thing. So, um, I'm splitting my time now between, you know, working clinically and working in the online space, uh, keep putting out good nutrition information. Um, you know, most of it's catered towards a plant-based um, clientele, but, um, you know, a lot of it's applicable to every yeah. human. Yeah. Yeah, no, you guys are putting up real good content, especially, um, you know, the Vegan Health Hub page has got a lot of good infographics for people and yeah. I oft, often recommend that to people to check out. Um, so, it's definitely a cool one. And and you're definitely, you know, you're into your training. As we know, we just finished up a bit of a session at Doherty's, um, yeah. bit of a pool session. What's your, what's your training look like currently? Have you got any sort of goals for the year, physique goals, strength goals, uh, adventure goals? What are you up to? Well, like, you know, training for me has always been uh, a part of my life. Um, whether I have specific goals at the time or just, you know, using the gym as almost, you know, like a therapeutic effect of getting in the gym and feeling feeling good afterwards and, um, you know, just get making it a part of my day. Um, the main goal is now is just, you know, train resistance-based training. Um, it's, it's a training I've always enjoyed. So, you know, muscle gain is probably on the cards, but, you know, I, I sort of don't stress too much and I don't, I don't really have, um, you know, very concrete goals. Uh, it's more of just a, including in my life, you know, and if, if um, other things come up, we're um, engaging in other activities such as, you know, rock climbing or uh, hiking or, you know, whatever it might be, different disciplines, yoga, whatever. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty cruisy with just, um, you know, putting my current program to the side and, um, engaging in these other activities um but yeah so nothing too specific um hopefully I can add an extra inch on the biceps and uh, yes. catch up to catch up to jack's fitness <laughs> it's a good way to be man bit of variety in, in your yeah. training and you know yeah. and being sort of fit for life i like sort of yeah. Yeah. applying it to my clients i'm like hey look if you, you know, if your goal is to just be able to do the things you want to do and not have to worry that you're not going to be fit enough to go on a climb or you're not going to be able to you know, keep up with your friends, you know, or keep up with the kids. Um, but ensuring that some form of resistance training is a, a stable part of your of your of your life as well. Yeah. Um yeah. to get the benefits from that. Um but it's always yeah, it's always good to come and have a lift with you, brother. Yeah, yeah. It's good. I love it when you come into town. Yeah. You should probably move here, I reckon. You should probably it's, move Yeah. Here. Probably Melbourne is, is the <laughs> spot I should be coming to considering I come here two, three times a year anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um it's only a short flight. I have to bring Trooper over. Yes. You put him in a little carry-on bag, <laughs> on the, on the hide him in your jacket. Yes, he's, he's rather large now. Thirty-five though. kilos. Yeah. How big is he? Yeah, he's actually only twenty-three kilos. Oh, I'm really? trying to put some weight on him. He's yeah, lean. he was twenty-four at the vets the other day, so I was pretty yeah. happy we got put some. a bit more tofu in the bowl. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we need to get him on the soy. Yeah. Um. Okay, brother. So, real quick, what are your views on growth in the veganism movement? 
currently in 2020, 2019? How do you think it's going? What do you think the positives are? Do you think there's some some negatives that we need to stop doing? Uh, I think there's always going to be um, positive negatives to, to any movement. There's people that um, take it a certain way and potentially, um, you know, may appear like they're being detrimental to the movement. People that are um, engaging in, you know, a lot of arguments and being being very you know, hateful to people who aren't uh, seeing things their their point of view. Uh, and also, when it comes to a sort of um, really strict veganism for health, you know, my way or the highway, um, you have to eat vegan or you're 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 dying. I think that's almost detrimental, and it can lead to sort of you know very strict eating patterns and uh you know potentially be damaging in that in that regard when it comes to more restrictive diets uh you know raw veganism fruitarian diets can can be often too restrictive and lead to micronutrient deficiencies um so i think that's one aspect and then also just the um the sort of negative impacts of a, from a personal social point of view so if um you're somebody who is is vegan and you uh you know take veganism to the point where you uh, disconnecting from your family and your friends because they're not seeing your point of view. I think that can be uh, one downside to the movement. Um, but I think there's a lot of positives now, especially with just more and more awareness of the sort of climate crisis or the climate change issues mm-hmm. that we're facing. I think a lot of people are, it's you know, becoming more common knowledge that our, our food system and our agricultural system is, is something that needs to change. Yeah. Uh, whether that's through, um, you know, more people adopting a plant-based, more plant-based diet or if it's through, uh, you know, more changes in the way that we grow food with, you know, cultured meats and um, more plant-based meats being becoming more and more available. I think that's going to be a, another big, a big thing where people, you know, they, they won't really have a choice whether or not to uh, eat a more sustainable plant-based product because it will become the norm. You know, if it comes to the point where, where lab grown meat is, is cheaper, it doesn't really involve um, the same degree of animal cruelty mm. as, as uh, factory farming uh, and it might become cheaper, more nutritious. Uh, it, it should hopefully become the norm whether it's a matter of time or not. But Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's you know, my where I, where I kind of see yeah. the movement going is, is you know, more and more people can um, resonate with the, the environmental image because that is something that affects affects all of us, whether or not you um, are affected by animal animals uh, being in suffering. Uh, but, you know, I think everyone can relate to you know, we need to protect this planet for, for yeah. ourselves. Yeah. I think especially recently with the, you know, Australian bushfires, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of a lot of stuff going around about the environmental side and it's bringing a lot of awareness, which is great. Um, even even to the point of there was a, a post shared with me the other day. It was comparing the number of deaths, you know, it was half a billion animals in the perished fires. in the fires, yeah. you know, to date probably more. Um but it was comparing that to how many perishing animals? Two, yeah, two days is the equivalent around the world of animals that are slaughtered for um, animal agriculture. Yeah, yeah. And I was I was um, shared that by a by a friend, and that really hit home for her. Um, you know, which wouldn't have been brought to light without you know without these things that are going on. It's yeah. it's bringing awareness to this this issue, and I think the environmental side of things is something a lot of people can get on board with um, and really start to, you know, to create some change. Yeah, and definitely even from the environmental side with this, um, with these bushfires, it's kind of, you know, bringing it to the forefront to all of these, you know, more close-minded older generations, the boomers, uh, yes. you know, even in, in, poli- in politics where there was, you know, still a lot of people denying climate change even existing, um, you know, 
up until the end of last end of last year and then these bushfires coming down and they're sort of forced to engage in these discussions and engage yep. with um you know science you know climate scientists uh and you know it's good it's good uh you know positive to hear that um you know politicians in australia are recognizing the impacts of of um you know climate change on our on our country and and the potential risk for you know more bushfires that are, have been really 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 devastating to the you know australian Australians as a community and as you know even as, as an economy um so you know hopefully hopefully this causes some you know bigger change politically and i think you know even though australia is quite a small country i think we still have um you know very important uh part to role in terms of setting an example to other countries in terms of making more more efforts to to meet these uh you know climate change changes to the the, the way that we produce uh energy and resources and, mm. and food and all this sort of thing so um, hopefully it's it's you know from the really terrible things that have happened hopefully there's some positive that comes out of it and we're yep. better better prepared for the future in terms of in terms of climate change and for future bushfire seasons yeah, yeah. no i love it bro that's awesome so let's um, finish up with some quick fire questions my man oh shit yeah always yeah, always good fun so you don't know what these are but I was they weren't in the run <laughs> they weren't in the run shoot yeah so one word answers bro yeah all right so favorite body part to train <sighs> Triceps. Triceps. No wonder they're huge. <laughs> uh. Is it actually triceps? Uh, it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, mm, I find triceps like the, the pump isn't as good. As what? As biceps. I feel the opposite. So, Oh, really? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. We need to train uh, together more. Yeah. We need to teach each other. I just, yeah. I've actually This really is one word answers for 10 minute conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually like really reduced my bicep uh, training over the last year. Yeah, it shows. Because it's just <laughs> the, the, the ministry, right? Yeah. It's just it's just not something that like I should be doing a lot of. Like yeah. every curl for me is insane muscle activation. I've got crazy mind muscle connection. Yeah, I don't have that. Um, that must be what you're feeling with triceps. Yeah, but I need to I need to get on that bandwagon. I need some triceps. All right. Uh, where are we at? Favorite food. Favorite food. It's a big question, right? Uh, it's it's too hard. That's. You need one food for the rest of your life. Oh, that's, a, that's even worse because <laughs> you would just get worse. sick of it. Uh, oh, shit. Did I look, what do I look forward to most? Yeah, what do you eat? go to, man? I love like a like an Indian curry from time to time and oh. I also love just like a, a dirty burger as well. Yeah. That's quite, you know, they're, they're, off, they're multiple ingredient foods. Is that, <laughs> yeah. So let's say like a good, a nice, delicious lentil dal and then maybe <laughs> like a, a a really nice like Mm, mock chicken mock chicken like mock chicken burger greasy burger yeah that's, my, that's yeah. my favorite my go-to tofu or tempeh tofu what tempeh is too expensive <laughs> fair enough <laughs> number one book someone should read oh a del toro quest no <laughs> yeah. what it's like a childhood fantasy book that I read oh, as a kid oh there um, you go uh, that's a it can be rela- context it does, yeah it can be related to anything it can be like fiction Autobiography uh, can be something about health. Just something these people should read. Change your life. Have you read Sutter Lot of Not Giving a F? I listened to the summary. Yeah. I yeah. think it, I think it was a good summary of of what most um self help books talk about. Right. And there's actually, you know, some You got some gems out of it? Yeah, I got some I got some good kind of changed my way how I think about things. Um and even like, you know, from a psychological aspect it's you know on point with in terms of how to frame things to yeah. to deal with you know 
tough times. Yeah, mentally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's cool, man. Yeah, I do like. I I can't even remember the summary. I should listen. Do you to read it many? Again. Do you read many books like that? Uh, self help ones. Yeah. Not, I don't really. I don't really read many books. So not a huge amount these days. I. I mean, I try to. I try to go back and forth between like I love autobiography, so reading about someone's life. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but I sort of go back and forth between that and then maybe something that's more educational, like um. Uh, what's the Atomic Habits? You know, something like oh, that. Yeah. That I've have read that. Yeah, I've got that on the on the list to get through. And I struggle to read those sorts of books. That's why I started a lot was easy because it was quite short and easy right. to read. Easy um, to read. Yeah. yeah, I prefer more like fantasy, like Game of Thrones. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's super enjoyable to read. Yeah. Like right now, I'm reading the, um, something on like uh, investments and stocks and things, and socks. like or stocks. And socks. Yes. <laughs> investments yes. in socks and in woolly socks. Yeah. Merino socks from New Zealand. No, it's um. It's actually what's it called? It's called um, the Simple Path to Wealth. Real okay. simple title. Real simple book to read. Like it's written. Part of the keynotes to me when you. Dude, it's actually really good because it's written. To, he's writing to his daughter, like his teenage daughter. Okay. So it's yep. easy to understand, but it's very detailed. And Help the guys me. switched on. Yeah. It's not hard yeah. to implement either. So once I figure out what I'm doing with it, I'll let you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what are we up to? Oh, current go-to artist or song when training? Oh, when training. Yeah. I thought I'd put some context on it because otherwise it's like... It's too, spe- too yeah. specific. You can, you can do one for training, one for just general if you like. Um, I haven't really been... I've been seeing a lot of podcasts lately. Yeah, you go. Um, but I was in the gym. I was listening to a lot of... I had like a angsty playlist and then I was actually got back into... Have you ever heard of Suicide Boys? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They get me in the mood when I'm training. Yeah, they, they got some good... Beats, yeah, man. Like really when you're, yeah, aggressive sort of. Right, it's yeah. heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it really is. heavy. Yeah, this member came in and joined up the gym recently, and she, I was like, "What do you like to listen to?" Because they can control the music. <laughs> He's like, oh, "Suicide Boys." I'm like, "Like, okay, what is that? Let's put it on right now." Like, so yeah. we like played yeah. it right now. I was like, "Okay, like this is heavy." Yeah, and like I don't know what these lyrics, but hey, let's jam it out. Like, yeah. it, it makes me want to train. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> man. What about yeah? So that's training. Yeah, and then outside of that. Oh. oh, I don't know. This is tough. Mm. I have to cut down these videos from me thinking so much. <laughs> um, oh, actually, the 1975 I've been jamming. There you go. Lot. And you've been putting them in your stories. And it's there you go. Put me, I've been jumping on Spotify. And it's good, eh? Yeah, 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 man. I, yeah. I love the... Um, I love a few of their songs. I don't actually like all their stuff, but yeah, no, yeah. they have some really, really good songs that just fit for so many occasions, man. Yeah, yeah. I was really into the is it the, the 1975 is the name of the album? Yep. Like from a few years ago. I was yep. playing that a lot when I was um, backpacking and hiking and stuff. Oh, I would play this album like front to back. So now when you listen to it, does it bring back memes? Yeah. It's yeah. like nostalgic. It's yeah. Like, it's yeah. a strange it's a strange vibe to be like in the mountains hiking to. But yeah. 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 Interesting. It's a bit man. of fun just to keep me keep me Good hiking. Yeah, 20 right. kilometer hikes. Get you going. Yeah. All right. Top three Melbourne Eats. Top three Melbourne Eats. Yeah. If someone's uh, coming to Melbourne, where are they going to go? Yeah. We're going to go, especially if they're playing base, we're going to go to uh, Loving Hut. I don't know. If, oh, yeah, we ate there. We went to Loving yeah. Hut. Yeah, yeah so they've got a Hut. menu that's way too big and I can't decide yeah. what to eat. Yeah, that's why you got to keep <laughs> coming back. Um, vegan Shack's a good brunch spot. Oh, good else? spot. I think that's probably the most common. I do try different places. Like Veggie Bar is also pretty good. Um, I'm not, it's a bit, bit overhyped, I, I believe. I think it is, man. Yeah. Um, I like the one, that, like Veggie Bar and then there's like, 
Boys and Girls Next Door, I think is what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ice Cream Parlor. Yeah. But they do like burgers and yeah, that's a spot. Yeah, that's a good spot. Yeah. And there's another one near me called Black Waffle up in Northcote, which is ah. has a lot like eight, eight, eight dairy-free options. All right. And they're all they're pretty, pretty badass. Man. Good. I'll have yeah. to try that out, man. Yeah. If you were to become an animal, what would you become? Last question. A hawk. I've always wanted oh. to fly. Oh. Yeah. I've actually, I think, a gorilla? I, no, I honestly think I I <laughs> usually answer thing? hawk yeah. or like hawk or eagle. eagle. Yeah. Because I feel like they're just like the most free. They're like this, I don't know, soul like out there just adventuring, you know. Yeah. yeah. I've always just flying is the, the number you one can thing. fly. Yeah, you yeah. can fly. Yeah. Well, I was going to say like gorilla. Like what's the most jacked? What's the most <laughs> yeah. jacked animal? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would actually, yeah, what I really want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sweet man that's pretty much all of our stuff to cover bro yeah so do you want to just Satisfied? finish up and we'll we'll give you some plugs you know you can plug okay. away and let yeah. everyone know where to find you the and plugs. what you do yeah I think the, the number one like most active place or the only only place I'm really active is is my Instagram at the plant potential so there you go the plant potential and for Kiwi's plant plant P-L-U-N-T. <laughs> yeah. Plant. What are you? P-U and everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's probably... And then, you know, um, the Vegan Health Hub as well is, is you know, a page that I contribute to. Yep. Um, but, you know, if you follow me on Permatential, I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll overlap. Yeah. 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 And if anyone, anyone wants to sort of check their, their diet and their nutrient intake and make sure they're getting everything covered, you can yeah, help them out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. I do still the online consultation. So, um, you find me through... Instagram and we can uh, yeah, send me a DM and we can take through there or you can go through my website for for, for more information theplantpotential.com so good man yeah. thanks for chatting bro it's been good no worries we'll Thank head up another much. one soon I'll be back in Melbourne yeah, and yeah. get another session in a meets. few months so yeah. I'll actually be back UEBC 2020 oh yeah I July. haven't decided if I'm going or not yet. well either way bro we'll, we'll, we'll link up, up. Yeah. we'll link up alright nice solid that's the way go Okay, guys, so how good was that? Jacob McGinnis, Plant Potential. A lot of good information there. Please go hit him up at the Plant Potential on Instagram. And if you do want to get a consultation with him, I highly recommend that he can run through all your micronutrients, vitamins, minerals, make sure you're getting everything you need. Um, and then, you know, you might want to go and take that step further and get a blood test as well just to check on where you're at. But Jacob can point you in the right direction there. Um, the last thing I want to say, guys, is if you really are on with what we're doing here at vegan body coach please screenshot this on your phone whether it's on apple podcast google podcast the podcast app whatever it is you're listening to spotify screenshot it share it to your instagram story and tag us in it so that just that we can get this information out to more and more people and you know sort of dispel some myths and show people exactly how a plant-based diet can be done um done to a high level and that's all we need all the best See you in episode three.